Oh, I praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. What a great, great, great God we serve. And it's been a great weekend. We enjoyed a, just a beautiful wedding ceremony for Brother Travis and Sister Sidney yesterday. And uh, they got them, got married off and just a, just a beautiful little ceremony and just really had a great time. And I think they enjoyed it well. And uh, it's just been a good weekend. So we're just glad to be here now in the house of the Lord. And we'll finish up. Um, we should have finished this last week, but since we didn't have service, um, we'll finish this up. Um, we'd been talking about the, um, loving the unloved and this series about, uh, you know, the church, what our mission is uh, as the church. You know, what, what do we do? Do we just gather and, and uh, well, let me, let me read our verse and let you sit down before I start. I'll keep you up for about 45 minutes. So uh, Luke chapter 10 today. Uh, verses 36 and 37, really no way to talk about loving the unloved without uh, somehow uh, referencing this portion and passage of Scripture uh, that Jesus was uh, talking about in Luke 10. But for our focus verse, we'll start at verse 36. Jesus asked the question, Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. So today we're going to talk about uh, love your neighbor. Look at, you, look at your neighbor and say, I will love my neighbor. So you can just look at your neighbor and say, Hey, I love you. Ain't nothing inappropriate about that. You're supposed to love your neighbor. God requires us to love our neighbors as ourselves. That's what he wants from the church. So let's lift our hands, pray for the word today. Lord, we just love you. Thank you for this wonderful word, for this lesson, for just, Lord, the, the, this, the advice, the, the leadership you give us in this area. Help us to hear it today, God. We want to be the church that you've meant us to be, that you've called us to be. And we cannot do that without loving you and without loving our neighbors. So help us today to hear the word. We're going to praise you for it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise before you're seated. He's a great God. Hallelujah. You can be seated. God bless you. Love your neighbor. You know, there's in this passage, oftentimes we, because there's the question asked that the lawyer Ask Jesus, who is my neighbor? And so we think, well, the Lord's going to show us who our neighbor is, but he also shows us how to behave as a neighbor. Uh, it's not just about figuring out who the neighbor is. It's what do you do as a neighbor? Because he said, which now of these three, talking about the priest, the Levite, and the Samaritan, uh, do you think was a neighbor? So it's, oftentimes it's not just figuring out uh, who my neighbor is, sure, that's an important question, and we're going to answer it very simply here today, but how do I behave as a neighbor? Am I a good neighbor? You know, many times I think the challenge with uh, trying to figure out who our neighbor is is because of our concept of who a neighbor is growing up. You know, you're, if you grew up in a neighborhood, well, that was your neighbor's. You know, if I was with you and we were in a store together and we ran into somebody and you were talking to them and 
it was the person that lived across the street or next door to you, I'd say, who is that? And you'd say, that's my neighbor. But, you know, if you we ran into somebody else, I said, well, who is that? And if somebody you work with, you say, that's my coworker. Why didn't you call them your neighbor? Well, because they don't live beside me. They don't live in my neighborhood. You know, and, and we kind of get molded into that idea of that uh, a neighbor is simply somebody who lives near me. And a lot of times we don't even know who our neighbors are in our neighborhood. And uh, neighborhoods will try to keep certain kind of people out so that, uh, you know, they have homeowners associations. And they try to, they want a certain clientele in their neighborhoods. And uh, we try to do that with neighbors. We want neighbors who are like us. We want neighbors who will not aggravate us. Uh, you know, you, nobody wants a neighbor that plays loud music or, or lets their dogs just run over and chew your bushes up or something, you know, is, uh, or, you know, things like that. You, you want neighbors that behave, just, yeah, just neighbors that bring you stuff, you know, that's like that. But neighbors that won't steal your packages off your porch, all those kind of things. We want those kind of neighbors. To, uh, we want to pick and choose our neighbors. You know, we want to, uh, there, the author of this shared story in his true account, his first year of Bible college, he said, as I sat in the room, he said, looking at our freshman class, I, I looked around and thought, okay, who, who do I want to connect with this year? And then, of course, he said, there's, you know, this guy that comes in, he's got this super good natural singing ability, and, uh, you know, he's real popular, and everybody want to be around him. There was a young lady that came in, and because of her, name and who she was, who her parents were, and uh, her, you know, she had a lot of prestige, and it would probably open a lot of doors and networking, and then there's the guy that was very, you know, he could, he could sing, he could play every instrument, he was very athletic, he was super charismatic, very popular, so he was picking out, and he said, these are the people I'm going to try to get next to my whole, you know, this year, and, and try to know, because I'll be better for being around them, and he said about midway through the school year that uh, in one of their chapel classes, the dean students said, let them know that they had a student that was leaving. And um, he had fallen into a deep depression and had locked himself in his dorm room and had for nearly a month had just lived off of snacks and old food in his refrigerator. He was skipping class, wouldn't come to chapel. And nobody noticed, at least the people, the teachers recognized but and he said I, I realized that he said I was very sad at this he said and also very convicted because I'd spent so much time trying to get to know the people that I thought everybody wanted to know that a guy in my dorm was really suffering and struggling and going through things and I never noticed because I didn't think he was the neighbor I would pick and so who is our neighbor it's anybody that your eyeballs can see Anybody that's created in his image, every live, living, breathing human on this planet, regardless of their status with God right now, is your neighbor. That's a fact, Jack. <laughs> you can't, you wasn't created, but there ain't no way you want God's creations. Well, yeah, they are. <laughs> if, if they walk and talking and breathing, if they're, they're human, uh, they're his creation. We, they may have tried to alter it. They may have tried to confuse it. They may have tried to change it. They have maybe abused the life that God has given them, but they are still in his image and they are still our neighbor. No, ma no matter the damage or the shape they may be found in, they are our neighbor. And 
just like uh, God loves everybody, we are to love everybody. But just like because, just because God loves everybody, that does not mean everybody loves Him. It also means that everybody won't love you. So don't be discouraged that, man, I, I really reached out to them, I talked to them, I've prayed for them, I, I've tried to help them, I, I'm trying to love them. You know what? They'll reject you and they'll reject your God and they'll walk off. They did it to Jesus. Jesus fed them, blessed them, did miracles. And then at one point, it said many of them turned and just walked off from him. Never to follow him anymore. You know, they just turned and walked away. Yeah, just, you can love people. does not mean they will love you back. And see, we think uh, that we're failing sometimes if they don't reciprocate that love. But that's not what Jesus said. He didn't say everybody would love you. Matter of fact, he said, you'll be hated <laughs> of all men for my name. But uh, even though they hate you, you got to love them. That doesn't mean uh, you're going to hold hands and walk down the beach with them. It's not, it's not that kind of love. It doesn't mean that you uh, have got to put yourself in harm's way for them. But we do have to love them. We cannot ignore them. Uh, we cannot push them aside. We cannot pick and choose our team uh, and say, this is who I want for my neighbor because anyone breathing today is my neighbor. They may be rich, they may be poor, they may be in jail, they may be in the hospital, uh, they could be sick, they could be well. You know, it doesn't matter. That's not, the only criteria is are they his creation? How can we love the creator and then not love his creation? A lot of people are environmentalists and they're, we're taking good care of the planet that God gave us. Well, that's okay, I'm, I'm all for that. You know, take care of things God gave you, but uh, they, you know, they worry about the environment. They worry about the baby seals. You know, they worry about trees. You know, things like that. But what about the walking, talking image of God? How can we? How can we? The Scripture said, "How can you love a God that you can't see if you can't love your brother who you can see?" And it's not just talking about in the in the church. I'm talking because before. <laughs> Before Saul was ever an apostle, before he was ever preaching the gospel, Ananias called him Brother Saul. He, he said, hey, you're my brother. You know, you, you may not be adopted in here yet, but you're my brother. And, and so every, uh, that, as brothers and sisters out there, you haven't met yet. And uh, they deserve an opportunity for somebody. When I say they deserve it, they do. You say, well, they're living like this. They don't deserve it. No, they deserve it because it's been given to us and it's supposed to be given from us. And so we're supposed to love everybody. Uh, we've got to love our neighbor as ourself. I've, I've said that some, some before I thought, that's the reason a lot of neighbors get, get really poor love from us is because we don't love ourselves. If you love your, a lot of people, if you loved your neighbor like the way you love yourself, whoo, that neighbor is moving. <laughs> no way, because you're so mean and ugly to yourself. You degrade yourself, you beat yourself up, and then, and then you try to uh, love other people, and it just don't work. You got to love them as you love yourself. And so uh, you, you've got to see the worth also in yourself that God sees in you. And then, you know, you can't be like, well, I'm just nothing but miserable dirt, but I love everybody. Well, 
you're not going to be very effective because if every time you talk to somebody, yeah, I'm just, just, I'm just a slob and I'm pathetic and I'm a failure, the people are just like, yeah, and I don't want to be around you because I'm, I'm tired of hearing that. That's a, that's a drag. I don't want to hear that anymore. I'm, I'm, you're bumming me out, you know. Um, and so, yeah, we work on yourself. Be the best version of yourself you can be. Do what God wants you to do. But, but man, love yourself so that you can love people. You know, if you can't love your neighbor, I would go as far as to say you can't really love God the way you're supposed to. And if you can't, and if you don't love God, then you you surely can't love your neighbor. You know, He is love, and if you can't love Him, your neighbor's in trouble. You're in trouble. Anybody you're connected to is in trouble. But when you can love God the way you're supposed to, then you can love your neighbor. And when you can, uh, you'll never know. I've told couples this, that uh, when a man or a woman will love God the way they're supposed to, you'll have no problem loving your spouse. It don't mean there won't be disagreements, arguments, or things like that. That's what I'm saying. And say it would be some kind of paradise where there's never a problem, never no bumps or hills or anything. I said, but you will know how to love uh, one another the best that you'll ever know when you love God the way you're supposed to, when he's first, it's the first and greatest commandment to love him. And so uh, it, it also applies to our neighbors. We will never know how to really truly treat others or treat people, reach people, help people until we just completely, totally, fully love him first. We've got to have that. And, and that was a problem that they had in that day. It's a problem we have in this day. That how do we love people. Oh, we love our church. We love those we worship with. We love those that are of like faith. We love those that are preaching and those that are on the mission field and those that are, you know, uh, you know playing and singing and doing all the big stuff. And we, you know, we like to meet people that's, that, you know, kind of got a little notoriety. You know, we, we do. We take pictures with them at conferences. Don't say you don't because you do. You know, I mean, I met Irvin Baxter. I thought, man, I loved his end-time teaching and stuff. It's phenomenal. I met him one day, took a picture with him. because, man, phenomenal guy. I had my picture made with Jeff Arnold because, man, man, who preaches like Jeff Arnold? Nobody. I mean, it's, you know, uh, but you, you have people that you look up to. And uh, we, that, but, you know, these men in God's eyes are, are no different than those that are just unchurched and unsaved. You know, for all the pastors in the pulpits around the world today, we're, we're no more loved than somebody who's, you know, wrapping a rubber band around his arm right now to get high. Yeah, somebody's shooting up right now while somebody's preaching. And guess what? God loves them both the same. Can I love them the same as he does? Who is my neighbor, anybody you come in contact with, that is your neighbor. Many times lawyers would try to trip Jesus up and they would bring questions and things trying to, let's see if we can catch him in something. You know, these, we, they knew the Mosaic law and they would see what Jesus, Jesus would have to say about it. In Matthew 22, there was a lawyer who he wanted to know what is the greatest Law, what's the greatest commandment? In, in Matthew 22, Jesus said that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. 
And the second is like unto it, that you shall love your neighbor as thyself. The strong point of this is right here. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. On these two commandments right here, he was telling the Jewish people, this is how to obey the Torah. If you want to obey the law of Moses, get these two right, everything else will fall in line. Because if you love God, you keep his commandments. Well, that helps you out. If you love your neighbor as you love yourself, then you're not going to do ill to them. You know? So if we could love God and if we could get these two commandments right, the rest of it would just fall in line. Because if we loved God, even Jesus said it, hey, if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, here's his commandments. And if we could get these two right, man, the rest of the stuff would just start falling in line. Uh, division in this world, you know, things that, that, that just blow this world up and tear it up would just start to dissolve. There would be minor issues at the most if everyone would love God and then love their neighbor because their neighbor is not, uh, you know, they're not the same. They, they recognize that there's a oneness here, not just of the one God we serve, but in this, a, a oneness of creation. We're, we're all one blood. We may be different from different countries and different skin colors and, and different cultures and all kinds of things, but we bleed red. We're created in his image. We're God's children. He died for every single one of us. And so we need to realize that, that there's no one. You don't meet anybody that Jesus did not die for. You will never meet anyone that you think surely Jesus did not mean them. There's no way he meant them. That's exactly who he meant. He meant that person. He meant that one that is uh, so messed up that your mind just cannot even comprehend that God would have anything to do with them. That is exactly the one that he died for. Uh, along with those that seemed to, well, they seemed like they had it all together. They just kind of had to just barely step in because they were always right on the edge. Nobody was ever right on the edge. We were all lost. We were all in unbelief. We were all sinners, and it, it, no, there's none righteous, no, not one. And he had to die so that all of us, no matter who we were, Jew or Gentile, could be saved. In that great commandment that Jesus mentioned, the first and second commandment, the first law of loving God comes from the Shema. And we find this in Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel. The Lord, our God, is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And we find it a lot easier to obey the first law because God's good. God loves me. God blesses me. God takes care of me. God's, he's got heaven waiting on me. And, and it's easy to love God because, you know, you can't see him. So it's easy to just love him because I, well, I know he's there. It's easy to love him. He's not bothering me. He's not pestering me. You know, God's just good. We, it's a lot easier for us to, to love God and obey the first commandment than it is the second. Because the second commandment is just in your face. It's that person that aggravates you. It's that person that you know they are just messing up. And they are. You, you just know it. They are just messing their life up. They are doing things that are so wrong, and you know it. It's not being judgmental. It's just evident. They are just messed up. And guess what? You got to love them. 
Oh, God, could I just do number one, please? No, you can't just do number one. If you love me, you'll love your neighbor. And, that's, uh, and that is from, you know, when Paul told Timothy, he said, from a child you've known the scriptures that can make you wise unto salvation. You can't be saved without loving God. So I would venture to say you're not going to be saved if you don't love your neighbor. Yeah, Leviticus 19.18 said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. He said it, that settled it. That's the end of it. No, he said, I am the Lord, and period. We'll stop right here. No discussion, no amendments, no loopholes. You will love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And so the basis upon which the children of Israel were to treat their neighbors, it was rooted in God's personhood and his presence. And if they truly believed, if we truly believe that God is who he said he was and and each person was made in God's image, then we will treat those people accordingly. Oh, I don't like them. Yeah. Got to love them. It's, uh, people say, I don't think you can love people without, and if you don't like them. I, no, I, I don't believe that. I believe you can love people and not like what they're doing, how they're acting. So I, I think that... Um, that is possible, um, but see that doesn't. There's, there's no qualifier. You don't get to go to God with any kind of form for exception. Hey, God, I know you said to love my neighbor, but my neighbor. <laughs> oh, let me tell you about my neighbor. Let me tell you about this person I sat beside in class or that I work with. Oh, filthy mouth. Oh my goodness, just awful saying things all the time. And, and you know what? Makes fun of church. Even says they don't even believe in you. And so really I think probably I get a pass on this one. You don't. Denied. <laughs> love them. You know, love them. Everybody won't accept it. Love them. Be ready because you never know Every time you mention something, they may, boy, it may infuriate them. Okay? But you know, one day, something's going to press them in such a way, and they're going to say, I need an answer, and it's not here, it's not there. I remember this idiot that worked with me, and he kept talking about God all the time. I think I'll call him. I think I'll bump into him. Hey, I know, I, not that I believe or anything, but what was you saying about God? You know, what time's that church? I probably ain't coming, but yeah, it's all right. Here they come in the door, crying, snotting, and looking for God. Got to love them. We got to have compassion. You know, you know what would have, would have just ate the Jews' lunch that day? Is that Jesus starts this thing. As soon as that guy says, go when the Lord tells him, you got to love your neighbors yourself. Well, it says, so he can justify himself. He says, who is my neighbor? Yeah. He, who is my neighbor? Because now, if I can get him to identify who my neighbor is and who my neighbor isn't, I'll, I'll have permission from Jesus himself to not have to associate with certain people. So Jesus just, and that's, that's hey, Lord, who is my neighbor? That's why, you know, everybody. So there's a, you, you don't get to say, well, Jesus said, I didn't have to love them. No, you got to love everybody. But so Jesus just goes right into this thing. 
He began, a man came down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves. They beat him up, threw him on the side of the road, robbed him, stripped him. He's, he's laying on the side of the road, hurt, dying, injured. He's in the worst shape he could possibly be in. Here comes a priest. Uh-uh, I got nothing to do with that. Here comes a Levite. Nope, not me either. I got nothing to do with that. And then here comes the Samaritan. Now, the Jews despised the Samaritans, had nothing to do with them, did not like them. And to know that the Samaritan was going to be the hero of this story, you know they thought the priest or the Levite was going to do, mm-mm. Jesus was letting them know right there, the person that uh, you, you, you despised, the person that you don't even want anything to do with, here's the hero of the story. This is uh, who it is. This is the one who was going to be not only show you who your neighbor is, but he was going to be a good neighbor to somebody. I would imagine the guy coming down from Jerusalem was probably Hebrew, probably Jewish. And so um, he was, uh, for him to be, uh, the Samaritan could have said, nah, they don't have anything to do with me. I don't have nothing to do with them. But instead of doing that, he took his own oil and his own wine and his own cloth and materials poured it in, bound this guy up, put him on his animal, took him to the inn, paid for his uh, room and board, food, whatever he needed, and said, and if, if, if this is not enough money, when I come back, I'll, I'll top the bill off. I'll take care of the rest of it. I'm going to take care of it. One of that Jewish guy woke up and thought, hey, how did I get here? Oh, this Samaritan guy, what? Who brought me in here? You mean the priest or Levite? Nobody? Because I was kind of fading in and out, and I, I thought I saw a priest come by. Yeah, he just kept walking. Well, it must have been that Levite that came. No, it wasn't him. It was this Samaritan guy. Yeah, he's a big guy, ugly. Oh, he come in, and he just, yeah, he was just carrying you, and he he had wrapped you up and put, you know, dust. Oh man, a Samaritan did that. Mm-hmm. So Jesus was showing us how not only who our neighbor is, but he was showing us how to be a neighbor. The guy, the lawyer, really, you don't really catch it, but. The lawyer really, he's, he's so eat up with it that when Jesus said, well, who do you think was a neighbor unto the one that was hurt? He couldn't even say, well, the Samaritan was. He just said, the one that showed mercy. He couldn't even bring himself to say it was the Samaritan. He still, oh, really? But he, but he couldn't deny it. It was the one who showed mercy on them. And so Jesus said, now, here you go. You go and do likewise. In other words, you behave like the Samaritan. That, that would have been hard to swallow as well. But uh, you go out like the Samaritan. What's that mean? That means that sometimes you're going to find people in the worst shape they could be in. You're going to find people that you normally would not associate with that have found themselves in trouble. Well, if they, if, you know, they asked for it. Because you know, if, they, if, if they wasn't doing drugs, they wouldn't have ended up there. They wasn't drinking, they wouldn't end up there. If they wasn't stealing, they wouldn't end up there. You know, we we always they they, they kind of got what they deserve. You know, you reap what you sow, Lord. Man, don't be quote start quoting scripture scripture to the Lord. It'll get you in trouble fast. Well, he, he knows he knows that word. Uh, he'll come back to you. But you know, we we, we want to do that sometimes. Well, they get what they lay down with dogs, get fleas. You know, you know, birds of a feather. All this. Yeah, well, uh, look, you're going to run into people that you normally don't associate with, and you're either going to perform as the priest or the Levite and say, I, 
really ain't got time for this. Somebody else will pick up this slack. This is somebody else's mess. Or are you going to be like that Samaritan and realize here's somebody created in God's image that needs my help. And he didn't go taking up an offering to get it done. He said, I just use what I got. And he used his own supplies, used his own animal, spent his own money, whatever he had, he used his resources. I think about that oil and wine, uh, and it makes me think about spirit and anointing. I think God gave us something. He gave us a spirit of reconciliation. He gave us a word of reconciliation. He's given us the Holy Ghost uh, that we would have power to be witnesses unto him. You're never more like a witness unto him than when you're helping those that need it the most. And so uh, sometimes, it, you know, don't worry, you're not gonna have to, you don't have to empty your bank account for somebody. People are, oh, man, you got to give money to people. That's, uh, sometimes, maybe, yeah, but uh, if you can just give them what Jesus would give them, if you can just show them love and compassion and help them get on the right spot and, and not think this has got to be somebody else's problem. You know, maybe they're going through something that you don't know how to help them with. Maybe you can help them get to somebody that could. But uh, uh, the one thing about this Samaritan is about him is it said, when he saw this man that was hurt, it said he had compassion on him. And that means that you can have compassion. And we need to ask God to help us to have compassion because it's easy to have compassion on our brothers and sisters. It's easy to have compassion on those that we know they're doing their best and this happened to them. But what about when they're doing their worst and it happens to them? Can we have compassion on them then? I don't know the situation. I don't know the background of the guy who was attacked. Maybe he was a good guy. Maybe he was a bad guy. Maybe somebody was taking revenge out on him. Maybe he, the reason he got beat up and jacked up was because he was always beating up people. Somebody finally said, let's gang up on him and get him. You know, maybe he just got what he, he had been headed toward all along. The reason for him being in the ditch is not important. He was in the ditch. The reason why he was beat up and robbed is not important. He was beat up and robbed. He was without, he was hurt, he was injured. And if he had laid there, he probably would have died. Somebody said, I'm not just going to let him. Well, it look, kind of looks beyond help. I, I think he's probably on the way out, probably just, just let him go on peacefully and slip out of here. No, I can't take that chance. I'll take them on, and if they go back to whatever ways they want to go, that's up to them, but I'm going to do what's right because doing what's right is what you do. You don't do what's right to be popular. You don't do what's right to be seen. You do what's right because it's right. You know, it's, it's not about uh, tallying up points. It's not about uh, building up stock in heaven or anything like that. It is simply about doing the right thing because it is the right thing. And so uh, we know, and we know it too. We know when it's the right thing and we will shrug it off and we'll lay it on somebody else. That's got to be somebody else's burden. That's somebody else's forte. That's their specialty. That's, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm good with church people. But, and hey, we, 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 yeah, we've got to be good with church people. We've got to be good with our brothers and sisters. We've got to be there to lift them up and pray for them and help them and encourage them. But I saw, I saw a quote uh, the other day that, that uh, I 
think it was Brother Huntley, somebody posted, Brother Huntley said, and I, I know I won't get it completely right, but the, the gist of it was this, is that the church doesn't have time to, to reach the lost because they're too busy keeping the saints saved. And he said, we are in maintenance mode. Yeah. I, I don't want to lose, ever lose anybody from the body. But if we're so busy trying to stay saved that we can't even reach the lost, there's got to be some kind of spiritual maturity happening in us, growth happening in us that we can stand up on our own two feet and live our life for God so we can be about the great commission to seek and save the lost, to, to be a witness and a light, to preach the gospel to every creature instead of just trying to put everybody back together every week. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Give me, give, give me an amen there. Listen, there's not anybody that doesn't want to be the best they can be in anything you do. You know, I, 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 I'm the kind of person, if I'm doing something, I want to do it. I want to help. <laughs> Quit. I'm doing this. I, I learn it. I do it. And I'm like, I know if I do it, it'll get done right. So I just, you know, that's the kind of person I am. And we want to be like that in everything else we do. We want to be capable. We want to see people to see us as having ability and, and being able to do things and be mature and be grown up and do that. We want people to see us doing right in our life. Well, I, I want that same thing in my walk with God. I, I want to get so close to him and, and, and work so close to be what he wants me to be that I don't have to have somebody just praying me back through every week. If people need it, we'll do it. But man, when are we going to stop being newborns? And when are we going to stop crawling? And when are we going to start walking? Kind of hard to fulfill that commission. So that's why we, we must examine ourselves, work on ourselves. And then these two commandments, love God with everything that's in you and then love your neighbor as yourself, man, because you're fulfilling the law. You're, you're, everything hangs on those things. You're, you're doing what he said to do. He, was, he didn't even give out the great commission yet, uh, walking in flesh on this earth, but he was telling us right there. Love your neighbor. In other words, anybody you ever come in contact with, love them. Love them. Have compassion on them. Reach out to them. Oh, but they did this. So what if they did that? You did this. You need to be careful about that volley. Well, they did this, Lord, and then the Lord goes, yeah, but you did this. I thought, see, just because it's under the blood don't mean he forgot it. You know, People say, well, God forgets. It's nice. It don't say he, don't, he can't remember. He don't remember it against you. And uh, so God don't forget nothing. He knows where he found you. And so you go, well, God, you know, they, uh, yeah. But you know what you did? What, wouldn't it be bad if God just dropped a little video monitor in front of us and said, let me play you uh, a little clip from 1986. Oh, 
I'm good, Jesus. Yes, sir. I'm going I'm, I'm to go hug them right now. Right now. Nope, don't, please don't play that tape. Ooh, lose that. Hey, remember your senior trip? Oh, Lord, don't play that tape. You know, thank goodness we didn't have these when I was growing up. I promise you. Um, My mom says she would never kick me out of the house, but she probably would have. (laughs) Or at least built me a shed and back. But, But you know what? As as rough as I was, somebody loved me. I tested them on it when I come into church. I said, I want to see how they act. You put this big old lightning bolt in and let it drop down. Roll up in here with that crazy hair and see how they act. Got me a wife out of it. (laughs) She said, I'm about to love my neighbor. Rest is history. No, but I, I, I tried to, you know, be like, let's see what they'll say. Because if I can get them to say something against it, then I can be like, yep, that's what I thought, and I can go on my way. Oh, they just love on you and tell you, good to see you again. Hope you'll be back next week. And just kept on, kept on until they just loved that stuff right out of me. Just it had no more appeal anymore. I just wanted to be like the people who were loving me. And, um, you know, and when you love people, they'll want to be like that. They'll want to be like you. They'll want to mirror that. They want to, I want to help somebody too. I want to love somebody too. It's, it's contagious. It's, it's meant to be something that's passed on. And uh, loving our neighbor is something that we exemplify. And, we, you know, we're teaching kids. You know, sometimes I think kids teach us better if we would watch them. Because if you were to put a room full of kids, it wouldn't matter where they were from, what they looked like, they'll, they'll start playing. Because they don't care. You go to, go to school, go out there on the playground, you got kids all climbing together, playing together, doing everything together. It's, it's when they get older and, and we start telling them the wrong things that they start dividing up. And so if we would just teach them as a child who their neighbor is, We'd have a greater a, a greater generation coming up, and probably a lot of things that we had to witness in this world wouldn't be happening today. I got five minutes. Let's see where I'm on this. Loving your neighbor. The word neighbor uh, in the Greek uh, is pleosion, and when you translate it, it's translated as near, and. It, if it's used as a noun, that's as an adverb, but if it's a noun, then it means neighbor. But according to the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, that uh, definition of the word, it is always used to refer to someone who is close by. Well, everywhere you go, there's somebody close by. So anyone who is within a relatively close proximity to us is considered a neighbor. And so that means no matter uh, where they are, if wherever you go, you're finding new neighbors. And you're like, Mr. Rogers, <laughs> everywhere you go, won't you be my neighbor? Because you are. He didn't have to really ask the question because you are my neighbor. You know, he, he really broke down some barriers himself with those kind of things. But 
but because he was willing to, to cross some lines that people that in those days weren't comfortable crossing. But, uh, you know, just like Jesus broke that line with the Samaritan woman at the well. He said, whoa, what are you asking water from me? Jews don't have any dealings with Samaritans. He didn't even talk about that any further. He was like, that's so insignificant right now to what I'm offering you. And in the grand scheme of things, the love of God and this message and this gospel is so great that those lines of division of, of gender and race and culture, that don't mean nothing because the love of God is for every race, every gender, every, every social standing. It doesn't matter. No matter what country they are, no matter if they live, they running around barefooted, you know, out in the jungle somewhere. Guess what? Jesus loves them. People you've never laid eyes on before, they, they, man, they cooking up goat eyes for breakfast this morning. I can't, people eat like that, ain't no way Jesus loves them. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he loves them, it doesn't matter. They're too weird to me. Yeah. You're probably pretty weird yourself at one point. You know, none of that matters. There's no criteria that ever voids out somebody's neighbor status. We will always be neighbor to one another. You can be a good neighbor, you can be a bad neighbor. Ultimately, when you, you know, the first commandment is to love God. That's a choice. You're not forced to love God. God doesn't force anybody to be saved. and He's not going to force you to love him. But loving your neighbor is a choice too. All choices. The thing with this is you can't choose one or the other. If you're going to love God, then you have to love God. Your neighbor. You know, we always see our neighbor for who they are. We see them where they're at in their situation. So we see them as, as they are right now at this moment. But God sees them as they could be. He sees, he sees them down the road. What they could be if someone would just have compassion. The Levite and the priest saw a man as he was. He's dying. I'm going to let him die. But the Samaritans saw a man that could be healed. He saw a man that could be made better if somebody just took the time to invest in him and to love him and to give what they had to him. All oh, the lives we would change if we would simply just give people what God has given us. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee. And a man's life was changed forever. And, and sometimes if we could just you know, give somebody some compassion, some love, some mercy, something that you know, hey, here's what God wants you to have. You know, hey, you know, sometimes when you tell them, I don't have any money, they're just going to walk off. But sometimes they'll linger and you know it's really not, yeah, maybe they do need a few dollars, but it's more that they need somebody. And so you'll, you'll tell, you'll be able to tell the ones that just need somebody, the ones that want to talk. If you're not a talker, if you getting used to it, you're going to have to start. You're going to have to be able to, to get out of that um, because sometimes people just want to tell or want somebody to hear what they're going through and then have somebody say, well, God loves you anyway, and God can make a way. And so neighbor can be anybody. It can be somebody, and you can come to the music, darling. It can be somebody who has hurt you, still your neighbor. 
you know, they've wronged you, lied on you, talked about you, steal your neighbor. I never I didn't say this loving your neighbor would be easy. I said loving God's the easy part. Oh, we love God, man. He filled me with the Holy Ghost, washed my sins away. I love God. You gotta love your neighbor. I gotta love that jerk. Yeah. And don't call him a jerk. <laughs> well, he is, or she is, or they are. I gotta love love that that gossip, that liar. But you know what I have found out? That once you start that process, it's not near as hard as you think it is. It's always the first step that's hardest. But once you start, man, love just, Paul said it, love never fails. And so whenever you start acting in love, read read what Paul wrote in, uh, I think, Corinthians 13, where he wrote about love, all the things that love does. When you start acting in love, here's all the things love will take care of. And love will help you see past. It was the love of God that saw past our faults, saw our needs. It'll help you see past people's faults and see their need. And I guess the Lord just never intended for the church to be satisfied with just having service and worshiping him. He loves that worship. He's worthy of it. He's due that worship. He wants us to love him. But he never intended for us to be satisfied as a clan or as a gang. That's why he said, go into all the world. Well, I'll find people that's not like me if I go out. Yeah, you will. And preach the gospel to them. What's going to happen when I do that? Because they... They're going to believe. They're going to be changed. I can wash their sins away. I can fill them with my spirit. And then they'll be grafted into the vine just like you are. Are you serious, Lord? Absolutely, he's serious. Let's stand together. Paul said this in uh, Galatians 5 and 14. He said, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, Paul is writing this. He's writing to his people. And he's letting them know those five books of Moses that contain the law, he said, all of it is fulfilled right here. Love your neighbors yourself. Because when you read through the law that he gave, so much of it is how to not wrong the people you live around. You know, talks about uh, how to behave around people and how to do is it's it's not all about just how to worship God it's it's about how do you act around other people how do you act around people of other nations you love your neighbor as yourself so you could take this and one could simply follow this guiding principle and then fulfill everything else sufficiently and when Jesus quoted and said these are still the two greatest commandments I'll tell you if we would learn to love God with everything we have and then love our neighbor as ourself, you'd be surprised at how much easier your walk with him will get because it won't be hard to pray. It won't be hard to study. It won't be hard to worship. It won't be hard to be faithful in every part. It, you just, it just falls in line.
I want to love people the way the Lord loves people. I do. Do I think I will probably mess up between now and eternity? Probably. Because I'm human and I get it. I know sometimes I'm going to be, guess what? I'll be a jerk sometimes. Happens. Yeah, your pastor. Sometimes I get stupid. Happens. Get wound up in yourself, get in your emotions, get in your feelings, and before you know it, you've opened your mouth. And you know, I don't want to do that. I just want to love people the way that God loves people. So, as we finish this series about loving the unloved, who is your neighbor? There you go. Good answers, good answers. All of you get a star. Get your ice cream out of church. So let's make it up in our minds. We, we try so hard. I got to get this right, this right. But let's try this week to get those first two right. Let's love God with everything we've got. Let's talk to him and worship him. And then everyone you see, you do your very best to love them the way he would love them. Be kind, speak to them, encourage them. You know, just show compassion and see how much better, not just they will feel, but see how much better you're going to feel. Oh, and if you're married, you married your neighbor. Your husband, your wife, still your neighbor. There's no spousal privilege there. It's like, oh, you know, that's my wife. That ain't my neighbor. Oh, still your neighbor. Still your neighbor. That's my kids. That ain't my neighbor. Kids, still your neighbor. So, got to love them. Let's lift our hands and pray together. Jesus, we love you so much. We do, Lord. We want to be better. Oh, to love people the way you do. To love our neighbor. My Lord, help us. God, I pray this week that you'll show us and guide us, lead us by your spirit, that we might love you better, love you with everything that's within us. And in that, God, we'll find a way to love our neighbor as ourself. And Lord, let us change the world, be a witness to this place, show compassion, make a difference. God, we're going to praise you for the souls that are going to be changed because we love the way you loved. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Oh, I want to love you, Jesus. And I want to love my neighbor. Praise God. God bless you. Let's find a place to pray.